0: Hello, and welcome to The Projector Playground, a space created by and for projectors in the human design system. In this podcast, we will be exploring all things related to human design through a projector lens, what it means to be a guide and energy weaver for others, and how learning, playing, and resting are our signature tickets to success. I am your host, Eliana Miranda, And I am so deeply honored to be guiding us all into the psychedelic gardens that is our projector energy field. Our aura is focused, our seeing is psychic, and our invitations are made of magic. So if you are ready to play the projector way, then join us in this episode of The Projector Playground. hello welcome back to the playground so i have a lot of things that i want to talk about that are really specific to projectors and our designs and our invitations and it feels important to kind of set the stage of where this projector conversation arose from and many of you may already know this you've been looking into human design for a while Many of you are new, but it just feels like, I'll say, the spirit of Ra (laughs) wants us to kind of connect in with the original story of how human design came to be. So Ra Uruhu was just a regular old man, and he, at one point in his journey, dropped everything, left his family, and disappeared for a few years. This is kind of like the the most that I've heard about this time in his life. And then he came back into the world by landing in Ibiza. He called it the Gardens of Eden. I believe he came back to be with his family and to reconnect to his children and his wife. But while he was on this island and he had kind of, you know, he'd quit his job. He had like quit his life <laughs> that it once was and decided that he was gonna live in a new way and he was gonna open up to whatever that new life had to offer him. And before this time, he wasn't even ra Uruhu. He had just a normal name that I'm linking on at the moment but I will look into and get back to you on. (laughs) And while he was on Ibiza, the Garden of Eden, which kind of, to me, is like this system of human design channeled from those gardens. Like whether or not it came through a man, whether or not it's been interpreted in all these different ways, it's the original gardens that I believe woke up something inside of him. And just to give a little background on just my own personal idea of the gardens of Eden, coming from someone who grew up from an extremely young age, studying the Torah, the Old Testament to some, um, studying the Word of God and these stories of Adam and Eve being kicked out of the Gardens of Eden because they ate from the fruits of knowledge. I believe that's a program, <laughs> a program that's been running and, you know, it's all by design. We can fall into the traps of thinking that like life is out to get us. And there's been all these, you know, people who, are in power, Who the powers that used to be that um,
1: created
0: this system that isn't organic and natural to our human flow, that doesn't allow the divine feminine to breathe, that doesn't allow the essence of life itself to flow. And um, I also think that when the Garden of Eden went underground, it was by design. And it was a way to kind of protect the divine feminine, to protect the sacred knowledge and mystery schools of the earth, so that human consciousness could go through this very masculine, solar, active, huge evolution in consciousness. Because the masculine kind of really transcended us forward in a way that the feminine may not have so much because the feminine loves to sit back, relax, have fun, and play. And I will say that I have a beautiful, <laughs> this is really off topic, I have a beautiful recorded mic at home, on a beautiful desk, in a beautiful studio that has rainbows cascading in when we have sunlight, and this podcast <laughs> was not going to come through until I just allowed myself to talk about it on walks or while pacing around my house, um, while standing, while in my body. Um. So I'm using iPhone headphones, it's not the best sound, there's gonna be background noise. And I just trust that that's gonna be okay for the listeners, that that's, you know, fine by all. (laughs) Because that's how this information wanted to channel. I needed to move the energy around and I couldn't just be sitting in this place Where a lot of energy moves because I do a lot of work with clients and recordings and healings and things like that. Um, but my body is sitting (laughs) and my body, I think needed to be kind of open to the energy to flow and move through me and to you in a way that wasn't stifled by a chair. (laughs) So just saying, I know that the sound quality isn't going to be the best and I also know that the content will speak louder than any sound quality that may disrupt or feel like it could disrupt this conversation. Okay, so back to the gardens of Eden. Um, so I believe that the gardens are in resurrection, That they are currently coming back online, that they are taking their invisibility cloaks off and allowing humans to step into their sacred temple space once again. And I mean this like physically, right? Like I think that the gardens that we are cultivating since you know a lot of us were like, oh, it's 2020 we should start planting our own gardens. I'm not one of them. I, I work more in the energetic garden realm. But I think that we're gonna start being more conscious and clear about our need to tend to the earth and to be in more resonant in relationship with the fruits that the earth grows and to be connected with this place that came before this patriarchal evolution where we were just playing in the gardens all day and we were eating from the fruits of knowledge from the trees of knowledge. And as, so that was in the physical. And so in, in the energetic, in the, in the realms unseen, you can kind of picture that there's these places in the earth, in the different dimensions of the earth, where humans, souls, spirits, beings, you know, fairies, gnomes, like all of the, the different layers of dimensions that sit on top of one another in this realm, that we can start to go to, to receive resources, to receive knowledge to receive sustenance and like with the gardens of eden i also see like caves for grief altars being open to us like places that can hold the immensity and amount of sadness and pain that we're all processing through our bodies at this time i see new uh, temple spaces for spiritual conversation and to connect with source resonance currently looking at a license plate that says 444 that's a good sign <laughs> I also see new schools opening up their doors that are teaching and training people to operate in these other dimensions, to transmit channels of teachings from these other dimensions, um, to invoke new masters basically on planet Earth at this time. So the Garden of Eden, I believe, came online to Ra Uruhu came online and started speaking to him. And ra whose name was originally Robert or Alan Krakauer, I think is how you pronounce his last name. I'm sure the Jovian uh, archives and the people that actually worked with him would be laughing at me right now. So if you're here listening, I am honored. And also I know that I am not as tuned into Ra as you all probably were. So so Ra was in the Gardens of Eden, in Ibiza, and he, over a period of eight days, had a mystical experience where he heard what he calls the voice. And the voice basically came in and downloaded him this system that we now know as human design. And... Human design is a weaving of different, more ancient systems. It brings in astrology, the I Ching. It has some of the Kabbalistic tree of life templates. Um, it has some resonance with, oh, I'm blanking on the other thing. Basically, I mean, at its foundation, oh, the chakra system. There we go. The chakra system and the kind of old. Ancient Indian texts of the energy body, and it weaves all of these together to create what we see when we look at a human design chart, um, which has, you know, a bigger circle around it. It has this kind of uh, template of a human that has nine centers, nine objects inside of it. Some of them are colored in. Some of them are open. There's all these like channels and lines that go through the centers. There's all these numbers everywhere. And this is all like the way of human design saying that like we as humans, individuals are the same and connected with the greater universal play with the stars and the planets and the way the earth rotates and how on the day we were born, we came in with a certain code. And this code is something that is going to be unique for all of us that's why every single chart is going to be unique from those who are around you it came in with four types saying that humanity was broken down into these four types of people so the projectors generators reflectors manifestors manifesting generators are underneath the generator template they just have some slight differences it showed us where all of the planets were when we were born and how that relates to the mission and the purpose that we were here to invoke through our being and through our life at this time here on earth, it has a lot of layers to it. And hopefully I can speak to a lot of them through these conversations. I knowingly will not be able to speak to all of them because I'm still learning about them all. (laughs) I'm still kind of taking in this information, assimilating it into my own being, my own life and interpreting what has come online to be true for me here. So when Ra received all of this Intel, it was what he later discovered. I believe it was the same week that. Uranus was discovered, or Uranus, however you want to pronounce that planet's name. And that's really interesting because that planet is connected with Aquarius and the Aquarian Age. It's connected with the big awakenings and awarenesses and um, new information and rebellions of, in this case, human consciousness. And I believe that everything that is happening is like scripted in a way. Like Uranus was always there and Uranus wasn't letting us see it until we had reached a certain level of consciousness or our consciousness could not see it until it had gotten to a certain point in its evolution. So we have this kind of like okay he got these downloads and also <laughs> we found out about this new planet that really like has a big and kind of revolutionary impact on us as human beings so there's also another layer to all of this and that's that he was given this download that at a certain point and it's a little bit unclear to me about this timeline I'm just gonna kind of give to the best of my explanation, to the best of my ability, an explanation of how this all happened. But he was told that there was something called neutrinos. And what's fascinating is like he was told a lot of things that weren't proven until later by scientists. So I'm sure called crazy to many. (laughs) So I just want to drop that in here. Like the things you're receiving and learning about and downloading right now into your system, like People might not be able to see it yet or understand it yet, and that's okay. Um, The point is just to trust yourself and know what is true for you, and Mm then let the universe prove that to be true for everybody else. And Ra was a manifester, so like him being given the system was important. It wasn't going to come to projectors who would just be holding on to it until somebody that couldn't see what we could see, invited us in to share it. It was given to a manifester and it was, you know, basically said like, Hey, you have to now go give this system, give this template, give this awe inspiring information out into the world. You have to initiate it into the world, manifest it into the world. And I think that's why like in the past couple decades, and especially since he passed away in the last couple of years that, The system is kind of coming online in a new way and it's evolving in a way because other types are getting to kind of play with the system embody it experiment with it and see what presents itself from there um and like especially projectors like i think because you know we weren't meant to manifest it or initiate it into the world but we are meant to guide this system meant to guide people through the system meant to guide this system to its next evolution, meant to support the energetics of this system to be revealed in a more living, conscious way. So he discovered neutrinos. I will, I'll go on tangents, but like I will do my best to always come back. So he got this download that there was this star that combusted in the cosmos and that the stars have these energetic particles that are they're slower than light particles which means that they contain information in them and that when the star combusted it sent these neutrinos these particles that have information in them onto planet earth for 14 or so minutes and this was I believe back in 1781 this is how I'm, I'm like I'm not exactly sure the timeline but this is how I'm mapping it in my own consciousness. So this stream of intelligence came through. And gosh, there's this show on HBO. I'm blanking of its name. I'll put it in the show notes. But it only ran one season. And, but it's like a show where this, like all of these people or some of these people get magical abilities. And you see it as like these little, white circles kind of falling white bubbles falling from the sky and just touching certain people and then it gives them these magical abilities and so that's kind of how i see it is like these little light bubbles that came down in 1781 and basically what it did was update the human genome system to be seven to move from seven centered beings so the chakra system is seven centers crown third eye throat heart solar plexus sacral and root to the nine-centered beings, which have all of the seven plus two more. And it also differentiated humanity into the four types, into the manifestors, generators, projectors, and reflectors. At that same time in 1781, this is fun for the projectors, is supposedly when projectors started to get birthed into the world. We weren't here before that. Before that, it was just the other types. That's why manifestors rose to power and generators became their workhorses and reflectors kind of got pushed aside instead of being invited to be at the center of the universe to reflect back what was actually going on. And again, all by design, right? Like nothing is out to get us. All of this is, um, you know, perfectly aligned to the divine timeline. So when the projectors came in, We are here to be guides for the other types. We're here to be guides for the other energies. We're here to really help the the other types use their energies better. Not necessarily reflectors, generators, and manifestors, absolutely. Uh, Sorry, generators and manifesting generators, absolutely. Manifestors just kind of do their own thing, but when we can start kind of guiding generators to recall and reclaim their power and know how to respond to things rather than just be slaves to hierarchies of power that the manifestors had risen to because they just had the power to do so. It, it's the idea that all of these types will start to work more in unison, that everything will kind of come back into its original resonance of how it was supposed to be with projectors helping to guide the energy, the generators having the energy and using their energy to build and create, the manifestors coming in with the initiations and the manifestations like human design and the reflectors reflecting back to all of us how well we're doing with all of that, or how badly we're doing with all of that. The reflectors are our mirrors. So when the neutrinos came in, it updated our system. It gave us this four-type template. The projectors came online. And something else that he received at that time. Oh, yes. So he also got the download from the voice of the magnetic monopole and so i guess let me scooch back a little bit here so hold that like the magnetic monopole which scientists have now discovered there's like a magnetic monopole in the earth this is a real thing but he got the download from the voice before this all happened and our magnetic monopole our magnetic monopole is this um gps system that lives inside of our bodies and so when he got the download he basically was shown that in the creation process of us like in the womb of us when we're being born of our souls you know destiny kind of weaving itself into being that we're given a personality crystal a design crystal and a magnetic monopole that holds these crystals together and if I get this wrong, I'm gonna re-record it, but I believe that the um the design crystal is placed in the ajna center in the head center. The design crystal, I believe <laughs> is placed in the oh sorry, the design crystal crystal is placed in the ajna center. The personality crystal is placed in the head center and you know what if i get this wrong i am not going to want to re-record it so let me just open up this book here and i learned a lot about human design um before ever getting any sort of text i'm just like mad projector scientist researcher that loves to like (laughs) search the internet for free information wherever i can find it but i did just recently purchase um the Human Design and the Science of Differentiation book by Linda Banal, And it was like approved by Ra Uru, who I think he like helped her write it. So let me just take a moment to look this up. All right, back on track. So the personality crystal was placed in the head center, which is the crown lives on top of the head. The design crystal was placed into the Ajna center, which is between the eyebrows or what some of us Kind of identify with as the third eye and then the magnetic monopole is what is inside of our g center and the magnetic monopole is what kind of holds the design crystal and the personality crystal together and the message that he got was that the design crystal comes in first the personality crystal i think comes in like three months before we're born and the magnetic monopole is the energy and the essence inside of the body that keeps these two things together that allows us to be human beings, that allows us to be our individual imprinted, differentiated expression of the cosmic codes of the universe. And so how he describes it is that the personality crystal is like our mind or our ego or our self or what we kind of think that we are. It's like the the part of us that we feel like has always been running the show, but as we grow in more consciousness studies, which if you're here, I'm assuming you're doing that work, um, we realize is like, just the bystander or the one that's like observing the thoughts. Well, the, I, was, I should say that it's the one that's doing the thinking. It's the one that's having the thoughts. And then the, the us that's kind of behind the scenes is observing all of those thoughts that the personality is crystal is having. The design crystal in the Ajna Center is what makes up our body. So it's the geometric DNA codes of how our body was formed, the body that holds the personality the design that holds the personality crystal. And then the magnetic monopole is the G center, which lives like right around our heart. And that's kind of the central mainframe of how our life operates. So the way it's described in this book is that the design crystal makes up our vehicle. Like you can actually look at it as like a physical vehicle, like a car. And like, I always picture myself the vehicles like this like beautiful long stretch limo that has like a place for the the passenger, which is the personality crystal. So the self or what we identify as the self to lay down, have a bunch of snacks, have videos to watch, which are usually just videos of life through the windows that has um, just all the things that a projector might need to just like enjoy the walk of life. And this isn't just for projectors. This is for all of the types that have the personality and design crystal, but I just like to picture my vehicle as this like big luxurious limo. My passenger's like chilling in the back. My personality, myself is just chilling in the back, taking in the sights, like enjoying everything that they're seeing. And then the magnetic monopole is like this GPS system. And it's funny, cause like in the book they talk about that it's like we're our, our vehicle is like on this like train track or on this, um, Gosh, what's the word when you're like in a trolley, right? It has like those lines that it just goes on and those only lines that it goes on, right? It's like from here to there. Trolley doesn't just like run and take a right wherever it wants to go. Um, But it's like now that things have been more updated, like to me, I look at it as like the GPS system. And it's like you're not inputting this GPS system with where you want to go as your personality, as yourself. But this is the GPS system that the car can only drive on. Like it won't go anywhere else because the magnetic monopole has a direction and a place that it's meant to and needs to go. And of course, maybe sometimes possibly you could get lost along the way, but like no matter what, the um, magnetic monopole, this like internalized GPS system is always guiding us, attracting to us. Holding space for holding ourselves together so that we can get to this final destination, so that we can get to the destiny timeline, so we can get to the place that the soul kind of had in mind when it came and formed this particular body of personality and mind and vehicle and human flesh um, in your experience right now. So he also got this message right, from the the voice that was like, there's all these like separate parts to us, but they like really work together to be in unison and to be in resonance and to be in kind of helpful communication with each other. And I'm sure I have some of these details, like maybe a little off, maybe I spun my own little web of them, but like generally that's the idea. And in human design, our strategy and our authority that's specific for our types is what is helping us to keep aligning to this magnetic monopole's drive for life. Not saying that if we never found human design that we would never be on the magnetic monopole drive, like it's always there and existing, but it's just going to make the ride more pleasurable, more fun, more easy to navigate um, and really like to let it be ours, like to take the mask off of the passenger so that it's not sleeping through life and really get to like, let the passenger see all of the glory and all of the magnitude and all of the magic that is passing by, you know, in the windows of our experience. All right. So I'm just trying to feel into if there's anything else that wants to specifically come through with this conversation. I've been walking my dog. (laughs) outside. So I probably sounded a little out of breath. Um, I maybe took a little longer to explain things than I might have if I was just really sitting and channeling this message, but I wanted to move on to the other topics into the more specific projector topics. And it was like, no, 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 you can't move forward until you kind of lay the foundation of like where all of this grew from. Um, You know, Ra spent the rest of his life until he passed giving and teaching and channeling the system into the world. And, you know, it's interesting to me, at least, that the name that he was kind of given, I think he, I I don't know if he was given to it by The Voice or if that's the name that came on when he came back from his couple years of disappearing. It's in the book. I can't think of it right now. But, um, you know, Ra... (laughs) is such a powerful name, right? It was like the sun god in Egypt, Ra, um, there's the channels of Ra or, you know, beings, I think from like the eighties or nineties were channeling this being uh, from higher consciousness that was giving us kind of codes and templates of the here and now, you know, the I am Ra, the lesson of one, I think is what it's called. So, you know, Ra in itself, like holds such a powerful name and I kind of see it as like whenever he disappeared for those couple of years, he had like a soul swap or a, there's a better name for that that people call it. But like a a, a higher soul stepped in or a, a soul kind of came into the body and was like, hey, like you're the perfect match for me to give these codes to the world. And I would assume that raw already been weaving and co-creating these messages like from the beyond from probably before he came here though he was not consciously aware of it um but had some kind of contract to step out himself or like his personality crystal to step out and for this new template of ra uruhu to step in so that humanity could have these messages and these the this system this experiment to help us decondition Because we all know that the world is changing and the world is changing rapidly. And, you know, the early 2000s, like we saw it sprinkle in and now it just feels like in the last like five, five years or so that it's just moving at rapid speed, like time is speeding up. And we're seeing lots of things change globally, collectively. You know, 2020 was a big shift. It was a big uh, choice point, I think, in the collective consciousness. And, you know, according to human design, 2027, there's gonna be a great mutation of the solar plexus, which will really change things for everyone for good. And I think the years leading up to that, and so like, as I'm recording this, it's 2023 right now, you know, these years leading up to that are setting the stage for what's to come. And that doesn't have to be some like, scary, daunting, apocalyptic type, like, oh shit, 2027, the world collapses. Like, I don't, I believe in life. And I am choosing always the timeline of life, (laughs) the divine template of the life-giving energy that is supporting humans and animals and spirits and the earth herself and all of the cosmos that surround and support the earth to be in resonance and recreation of life. So I I say this because I think it's really important for us to direct our consciousness towards 2027 being a life-giving transformation towards a time when things really start to feel more resonant here on earth to where we really, especially as projectors, see where we fit into society and into the world and what our job is here to do and what our ways of being and resting and sitting back and playing in the energetics until the right call invites us in to guide and to hold space for whatever it is that is being asked of us. Like that to me is gonna be important for humanity as a whole. So if we're stepping into that right now, if we're embodying that right now uh, by resting and deconditioning and like laying our bodies on the floor to let the earth do her healing magic on us, we're setting ourselves up to be embodied guides of the new template, of the new timeline, of the new um, earth experience that we are all walking in right now and walking towards in our future. So my invitation to you (laughs) is to really just start to tap into your organic nature, to find out what that even is or means, to understand what your intuition feels like, to start to feel into what a golden invitation feels like, which again, we'll talk about in the future, to know your authority. And in knowing your authority, like the authority to me is just like a template of your intuition. It's just a way for you to understand how you process and invite in your internalized knowing into the mind so that the mind can have like an understanding of what's going on in the realms that the mind can't see. So let yourself kind of flow through the process of being a projector. Give yourself permission to go at your own speed because you're going to need to be giving permission to others to also find their own speed in life as well. All right. I think that's all for today. Thank you so much for being here and have a good one.